Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The season, the football season, is in full swing. A lot like golf, but fun to watch. And the action is still unfolding, so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now, because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. $1,000. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain, like clouds. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick either Penn State or Ohio State, bet $1 on them, and cash $100 if they win. That's $1 to $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. That is our plan. That's our plan every week. (laughs) Okay, welcome to the That's Good Broncos podcast. Either you're listening to this already in podcast form or you're watching it on YouTube. If you're watching it on YouTube and you want to listen to it in podcast form, download the fucking app or subscribe. Whatever you do in iTunes and Google Play and the podcast app, We're there, so you need to know that. Today's episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the one place that combines something I love and something I hate, sports and books. (laughs) So use code DNVR when you sign up there. Today we have guest Zach Stevens from DNVR, which is more than just a promo code, I guess. What's up, Zach? 
What's you going on, fellas? I'm so pumped to be on with you guys today. See where this thing goes. Yeah, I see you have a, a Peyton Manning autograph football back there. Wow, you know your autographs well. I have the same one. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, uh, I think it was the first or second year we were together, she got me she accidentally purchased two of those for my birthday. So I opened up one and was like, holy shit. Well, what could be in this other box that's very similar to the first one I opened in? And it was another thing. She was like, I don't know how, but I ordered two of them. Wow. So do you have both or do you throw one of them around in the backyard? I gave, I gave one away to one of my really good friends as a wedding present. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> how did how'd you get yours? Did you get it signed in person or... You know, I, I, I wish I had two. We'd be throwing one around. Uh, but uh, I got this. My girlfriend's family got it for me at an auction. They said uh, it was an auction that actually Peyton Manning was, was at. And they said everything else was being bid on except for this Peyton Manning football, something that he was at, a function he was at. Oh, weird. And so they just they, they got it for a really good deal, which I didn't think those things existed. Peyton Manning autograph things on a deal. Yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe people were scared. Thought it was going to be like over overpriced. Maybe a little. Well, if it was a Tom Brady signed football, it'd be a little underinflated. Is that right? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I've got, I've got a. Speaking of Tom Brady, and Zach, I don't know if you're a baseball guy or if you watched the World Series last night. Little bit. Yep. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you heard all about this, but so the Dodgers win. Justin Turner, who's uh, a really good player for the Dodgers, test positive before the game and he doesn't know they they don't know until the middle of the game gets pulled in the eighth inning pulled completely out of the game uh an inning away from winning his first world series uh and then the dodgers win an inning later and he knowing he's positive for covid comes out onto the field and celebrates with the rest of the dodgers why do i feel like the same exact thing is going to happen with tom brady later this year <laughs> oh man i think you nailed it oh i could so see something like that in the super bowl and then he would be like yeah. there, everybody would ask like why did you come back to celebrate with the buccaneers winning the super bowl and he would be like well more people die of suicide than COVID anyway exactly so. <laughs> right right <laughs> well or, or could couldn't it happen the opposite way whoever's playing the patriots their quarterback gets yanked in the fourth oh, quarter of the super bowl they great. end up losing and then obviously there's no celebrating for them anyway yeah and it it seems that seems more plausible based on brady's luck and then also the super bowl's in tampa so I keep forgetting right. that. Luckily, I think a, like a home field would make the least amount of difference this year for a home field Super Bowl. And it, they just announced they're going to let like 20% capacity for Super Bowl attendance. And there's going to be some sort of pods for people to sit in or something. I don't know. Uh, I got to look more into that for tomorrow's episode. But uh, Zach, so your day-to-day writing about the Broncos, you and Ryan podcast. What What's on the docket today? What oh, news? Man. Do you have any news for us? Like shit seems pretty slow right now. Yeah. Uh, well, COVID's making its way through the Broncos building. It seems like we have uh, Mike Munchak, not at practice today in the COVID-19 protocol. Doesn't necessarily mean he tested positive for COVID, but he was around it. So 
Wouldn't expect him this week. And then so we'll see Garrett Bowles. How does he play without Mike Munchak? Has it been Mike Munchak this entire time? And then something else we're following today is Philip Lindsay. Is he going to be able to play? He wasn't at practice today, wasn't even on the practice field, which is not a good sign as he's going through the concussion protocol. Uh, a step of, of making it through is being at least on the practice field. Even if you're not playing, he wasn't there today. So not good news. That means uh, Broncos are going to have to, potentially going to have to rely on everyone's favorite running back, Melvin Gordon, this week. The most divisive running back I think the Broncos have ever had. <laughs> I think so. And, it, man, he's done Since it Since Travis Henry, year. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maurice I think, Claret. I think there's only two options for Melvin Gordon on Sunday if he's uh, in and Lindsey's out, where he either runs for 200 yards and four touchdowns or fumbles like eight times. Against <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nothing, in, nothing in between. Man, and then th think about this. I, I was thinking earlier today, who are the possible trade candidates that the Broncos could, could trade after Sunday's game before the trade deadline on offense? I think there's a few guys on defense, but on offense, I could only come up with one potentially, and it's him. It's Melvin Gordon. It's almost like you read my mind because I literally wrote down one question for you in today's episode. Uh, because I was busy doing other things this morning with a child. Uh, but my, my hypothetical was going to be, if the Broncos were going to be guaranteed to get back into the Super Bowl in the next four years, but the way they have to do that is through trading one defensive player and one offensive player, both top-tier guys, and in doing so, they get, like, the draft picks to, to build the team. Which defensive player are you trading? Which offensive player are you trading? I think you just answered it with Melvin Gordon. Uh, I don't know if I would call him a premier offensive player at this point, but it looks what, – what, who would you move reluctantly on defense knowing it would eventually get the Broncos back in the, the Super Bowl? Man, it's at this point, we're all living in the past. <laughs> it's very, very true. As Broncos fans. I, man, I think the guy that it would have to be is, is Justin Simmons, the one that people are talking about already. I think he could bring the highest value back, maybe outside of Bradley Chubb. Obviously, Chubb would bring bigger value, but I think you need him in order to win a Super Bowl. And Justin Simmons, look, guys, the Broncos like Justin Simmons by, by franchise tagging him. They don't love him, or they would have signed him to a long-term deal when they could have. They would have showed him the money. I'm not confident that they're going that they're going to show him the money and keep him here long-term after this season. So I think you could probably get the most from him. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you think that the lack of capital right now with the ownership situation has played into that, or is it just a case of they really don't want to shell out for a safety long-term? Yeah, that very, very well could be in the equation as well. As we know, the Broncos, not, not the cash richest team uh, in the NFL. And you need to put a lot of money in escrow if you're going to sign a guy to a, what, four-year, $60 million deal. You got to put $30 million away right now, and they may just not have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, so this, I mean, they've got Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris. Those are two pieces they need, yeah. I think, to keep on defense. And then they, it didn't even, it didn't even work out with Garrett Bowles. The one guy you're like, okay, we're not going right. to place the fifth year <laughs> option on him. All of a sudden, he's the best player on the whole damn team. And now yeah. you got to figure out how you're going to pay him because if not, he's going to go somewhere else. I think Bowles, 
might be maybe a little more loyal than other players in terms of maybe they can get him at a fair price. But uh, those are three key pieces that you think need to come back. But none of it matters unless Drew Locke starts playing better. Uh, where, where are you at with, with Drew Locke? Gosh, I got to say, coming into this past week, I was still really high on him. And, and just to give you some background of how high I was on Drew, <laughs> I advocated the Broncos should have traded up from number 10 into the top five to draft him. <laughs> I, just, I, just thought he, I just thought he was the dude. So I have loved him. Of course, I loved everything I saw from him last year. And this year, you know, you like what you saw from him against Tennessee and then gets hurt. Uh, and then the Patriots game, sure, he could have had a few plays go his way. But after this past weekend, you gotta, it made me start looking past the excuses that, that he's got and that I've given him occasionally. And you'll look at where he's at, and I'm a little worried now. This is the first week where I've entered into worry territory with Drew Locke. Still thinking he can be good, but he's got to turn it around now. Now, he does have 10 games to do it, but if he plays bad for the next eight games and then turns it around the last two, no, you, you've lost it. you got to turn it around soon. And guys, I mean, Fangio said it earlier this week that the entire passing game needs to improve. And he's right on that. But Drew is at the bottom of the league in passer rating. He's at the bottom of the league at completion percentage. He's at the bottom of the league of touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, he's at the bottom of the league of all of these very important categories. And to me, I've just opened my eyes recently these past few games to seeing all of the things that have gone wrong. And thought oh my gosh it's it's not good and he needs to turn it around this week and what better time than against John Elway's uh the other quarterback John Elway really liked and Justin Herbert yeah I, the one thing I'm working on for the prediction episode or like a a joke I'm, I'm writing in there is that John Elway's kind of had a love affair with three quarterbacks Josh Allen Drew Locke and Justin Herbert and the one guy that he got right now looks the worst <laughs> Yep. And to make it even shittier, Justin Herbert's probably playing the best, and he's also the tallest. Like, that's got to <laughs> sting for John Elway. Yes, that is certainly – I mean, John's saying, see, I told you tall quarterbacks can play. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it seemed like a few years ago, and Russell Wilson kind of broke this unspoken rule that you can't draft a quarterback under six feet. And then it kind of – like, it swung the other way, and now you can't take a tall quarterback, and he's going to suck too. I think can we just like come to the conclusion that height really doesn't matter? Yeah, and Not I think it matters if you're like six you know, foot everything. eight. If you're like six <laughs> foot eight, I think maybe it matters. Isn't there something where there there hasn't been a successful quarterback that is six foot six or taller? Like you, you have Peyton yeah. Manning, six five. You know, just hits that threshold. I think Tom Brady's like six four or something. And I think Trevor Lawrence is six six. So he could be the one that breaks that mold, or he's a he's a cautionary tale. Stay away from Trevor. Yeah, maybe that's what like, maybe that's what you tell right. the Jets to in order for them to trade the number one pick to you. I think at this point, I I don't think Lawrence would be wise to come out this year, and I think he's starting to realize that. But I, I think the difference with these guys, the Osweilers, and even the the Paxton Lynches of the world, and like going back to guys like Dan McGuire, who were super super tall. It feels like the new breed of quarterbacks who are above 6'5 just have this like freak athleticism to them too that the older guys didn't have. So I think maybe it just comes down to like, I don't know, how quick are you? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they that, that, that would work with hurt. the short guys too. I mean, it, yeah. Russell Wilson, he's fast. Kyler Murray, who John Elway pretty much said at the combine was too short to play quarterback. 
he's super fast. And of course, Justin Herbert was the leading rusher for the Chargers last week. He had 66 yards. Right. And so to tie that back to Locke, it feels like the Pat Shermer offense, and we're not very pro Shermer, uh, especially <laughs> as of recent weeks, but it doesn't feel to me like they use his athleticism uh, to you know to the to the fullest degree they did on that on that touchdown run but how much of Drew Locke's struggles do you place on the offensive coordinator I think it's it's a great question and it's a fair question and it just seems like he he calls the the shots that need to be called but at the wrong times being aggressive on thir- against the Patriots in the fourth quarter what is going on there now Drew threw the passes so I'm not I'm not excusing Drew for that but why are you doing that? You're putting him in a situation where you know he's going to pull the trigger on that deep pass. And so just a terrible situation there. But one thing you said about Drew was getting him on the move because he likes that. Drew has constantly got himself on the move, and it's got him in a lot of trouble by looking at the first read, maybe looking at the second read, and then just saying, I need to take off because that's where I'm comfortable. I have not liked how they, they should just put him on the move and every mm-hmm. single play almost get him moving because that's clearly where he wants to be. So that's one of the things that I've been the most frustrated with uh, with the play calling is Drew wants to run. Let him run because that's where he succeeds. Yeah. And they, they had that offensive coordinator who would have worked that in with Drew Locke, which right. we've talked about like a hundred fucking times here. But in <laughs> watching like last week's rewatching a few plays from last week, his best throw was that sideline toss to Tim Patrick when he rolled out to his right and threw it down there. And even like another, I think, third down that he completed, he was rolling right to to make that completion. I saw somebody tweeting about his completion percentage on play action passes, how it's it's higher, like everything's better. And uh, they're just – they're not doing that enough. So I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. It – it is really hard to, I think, with Justin Herbert playing so well, so quickly to continue to justify Drew Locke struggling. So I think that's maybe put even more pressure on his evaluation from people like us. Uh, but he does have 10 games. It's basically this season, like you said, week one, he was okay. The Patriots game, he actually looked good when everybody else around him looked bad. And then he played a, a really bad game. So we don't – this season we don't have a good sample size. If he plays well this weekend, we're going to feel a million times better next week. If he yeah. plays bad again, all hell is going to break loose <laughs> for the rest of the season. Uh, it's like I don't know what to make of it. What I do know is I don't know how to evaluate quarterbacks anymore. <laughs> I tried to sell myself on Joe Flacco, on Brandon Allen, on Case Keenum, on Trevor Simeon. <laughs> the only guy I absolutely said no to was Paxton Lynch. And uh, Well, you were right about that one. I would have been right about all of them if I said they all, <laughs> they all weren't the answer. Well, as long as you thought Peyton Manning was good, I think oh. that, that would have been your hit there. <laughs> the very first video I ever made about the Broncos was me predicting Peyton Manning would sign with the Broncos before he did. And then I got too scared to publish it. So, Oh, no. <laughs> Man, that's great. Well, and guys, if, the, if Drew Locke looks really bad this week, what I think could be really unfortunate is next week the storyline could become, are the Broncos playing against their quarterback of the future? With the Broncos going into Atlanta next week 
and there's oh, some uncertainty boy. with Matt Ryan and everything around that. Now, I know his contract's a little weird, but, I mean, the conversation could change to that. Will John Elway just go back to that well because he knows that that can work at least some of the time, like getting a Peyton Manning. It didn't work with the Joe Flacco. But, I mean, that's why it's good. It's the best for everyone if Drew Locke just balls out this week and looks good. My biggest concern with Drew is the last four games he started, going back to last year, the Broncos haven't scored 20 points. And that is just so concerning. How do you not put up 20 points in the modern-day NFL right now? And the the team has averaged 16 points per game. So – I don't – Drew needs to play well, but the Broncos have to score over 20 points just against an average Chargers defense. Right, and the defense, from what I heard, was just totally fed up with it. And I'm like, yeah, I, coming from a fan, so am I. At what yeah. point, you know, do they match the level of uh, productivity that the, that the defense is putting on the field every week? And it's the same story for the last five years, like you said, Brandon. Uh, but oh, yeah. I just I don't know at what point it turns around. Well, if, if you're wondering if the Broncos can score more than 20 points this week, maybe you should check out DraftKings, <laughs> America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, the season is in full swing, guys. 100% full swing. And with so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out DraftKings. Uh, you use code DNVR when you sign up there. So go to the app store, download it. And to celebrate uh, the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into how many dollars, Will? Uh, a thousand. Nope, it's a hundred, you idiot. <laughs> By placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to how many dollars, Will? 100. No, this time it's a 1,000, you idiot. <laughs> On top of those sign-up offers, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. <clears throat> uh, and, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick either Penn State or Ohio State, bet $1 on them, and cash that into $100 that they win. That's $1 to $100 when you use code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, bonus comprised of a first-time deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Um... Okay, Zach, I, was, I had a question for you before I did that, and now I can't remember. Um, why don't you ask me a question? Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get your prediction, but I think it's too early in the week. Yeah, I think uh, just as a spoiler, I'm not going to pick the Broncos to win any more games for the rest of this season. I've picked them every week so far. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the week it changes, huh? This is the week it changes. The, the funny thing is the Chargers for the Broncos, no matter how good or bad they are, uh, that's always turns out to be good games, it feels like. Uh, and when the Broncos have been bad, the Chargers are the one AFC team they usually can get at least one win against during the season. So, you know, maybe they can beat the Chargers this week just based on that. Uh, I think, isn't Chris Harris coming back? He's been hurt. So is this is he back on the field? 
No, he won't be. Two Ooh. more weeks. So if, if this weeks. game wasn't switched uh, and it was originally scheduled for, what, week 11 when it was before they got their bye taken away, right. then Chris would be back for that. Dang. I wanted to watch that. Oh, man. Well, instead, here's what we get. Well, I wanted to watch it, too. But we'll get Chris live tweeting it, which I think will be a blast. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we got to talk some shit to Chris Harris during the game <laughs> live tweeting. How about uh, Brandon Marshall going on that Raiders show and bringing his Super Bowl 50 ring with him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Was that, I saw was that you throw- tweeted, Brandon. That had to be shade, right? I Yes. I don't know. I mean, he was a Raider, but just popping that finger up like that in front of the Raiders is so – somebody somebody's like, man, Broncos fans are really holding on to the Manning days. Damn right we are. We don't have – What are what are Raiders fans holding on to, the Jim yeah. Plunkett days? Yeah. That's what they've been – I mean, that's the John what they've been the last 45 years. Yeah, we need to have some Raiders fans on here for some uh, good trash talking. I yeah. mean, the, the Chiefs are the only, only team in the AFC West that can be holding on to something better, right? Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, and we actually have a lot of Chiefs fans that watch the show for some reason. They like to watch me in pain. That's why. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Very- it is so disappointing that the Broncos haven't beat the Chiefs since that 2015 Brandon Marshall miracle play that saved mm-hmm. – <laughs> saved the, the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. This is a good tie together. Brandon Marshall, who just trolled the Raiders, popped that ball out of Jamal Charles' hands. The Broncos, I mean, Jamal Charles always kind of had fumble issues. The Broncos sign him, don't really use him, kind of has another fumble issue with the Broncos. Melvin Gordon, his knock has always been ball security. <laughs> Broncos really like oppose opponents running backs whose biggest problem is ball security and it never changes when it comes to Denver except for this guy Philip Lindsay <laughs> never puts it on the ground I do have one piece of advice for Phil stop dropping your shoulder even against smaller dudes like Daniel Sorensen uh I you can't get hurt Phil like that kid like the, he was the only guy consistently playing well last week and I know you guys have a relationship with Phil Lindsay. So could you just forward that message? Of- <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, he's averaging a first down every time he carries the ball. It's uh, it's just it's unbelievable. It's cool to see like he's always good, <laughs> like no matter what. Um, what is what's your prediction going to be for this Chargers game uh, this week? Well, I can't predict – just like you said, you can't predict the Broncos to win again this season. I can't predict the Broncos to score over 20 points until I see it happen. So I think the Broncos score their average with Drew Locke as their quarterback, and that's 19, just under that 20 thresh mark. And Justin Herbert's going to score more than that. Now, he's in the past three games, the Chargers are averaging 32 points per game. I think the Broncos' defense steps up but holds him to like 22 points. So the Broncos defense does work. It's not enough. And after the game, they're mad again at the offense in the locker room. Yeah. I think like losing Mike Purcell is – to me that feels like a piece where – the just, piece. Yeah, there's too many guys yeah. down now. Like Purcell, Casey, and Von Miller, that's like – Three guys in a row who you're missing now. And they've been they've been getting production on the defensive line. Like I know that, but I that one stung 
uh, knowing which other players, you know, are kind of hurt. And then we see Devontae Bosby gets released. He was going to go to the Cardinals practice squad. Uh, the last I saw, Benjamin Albright said he's gotten like four offers from contenders to sign. So he might land on a regular roster on a good team, which then you're like, why did you let him go if <laughs> other good teams want him? Have you, do you have any insight as to why they let Bosby go? It makes no sense. Since the moment the Broncos signed Bosby last year, Vic Fangio has been tougher on him than anyone. He's been tougher on Bosby than he has been Von Miller. And, of course, he knew him uh, back when he was with the Bears. They were both on the Bears together. And there's something behind the scenes. Maybe, maybe it's his work ethic. Maybe there's something else there. But Vic is so hard on Bosby. And, I mean, just two weeks ago, you have Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator, coming out and saying – Man, you know, we challenged Devontae by cutting him, bringing him back to the practice squad. And when, when we promoted him, he played great for us. Great. Why are you cutting him if he's, if he's playing great? And I think everyone agrees that he was playing great. He was a great third option to have. And you can carry, you know, you carry four or five corners. So uh, if you would have let uh, Bassey go or Devontae Harris go, I think you have had a much better chance of bringing those guys back to the practice squad than you, than you did with Bosby. And, and with Bosby, I would be going somewhere else too if they cut yeah. me for a second time. Yeah. I'd be saying, I already gave you guys one shot. See ya. I've never seen anything like it. And the only explanation that makes any sort of sense to me is that Duke Dawson's more versatile and plays safety too. So it's kind of like having uh, a little bit of a jackknife in the, <clears throat> in the secondary and that I guess Harris is a gunner and, and plays special teams and Bosby doesn't really play special teams, but that's, it still doesn't like, it doesn't justify cutting a guy who's been like, I would call him like the third best corner. Yeah. That, when, when Boye was out at least. Him and, you know, uh, Moutier are kind of like competing for who you think is better as a third corner. And if special teams is the reason you let Bosby go, why? <laughs> Your special teams is, outside of McManus, is terrible. Right. <laughs> it is horrible. Like, you're, you're not keeping a great unit together. You know what I mean? It's not uh, – uh, oh, shit. My mind is going blank. Was it Keith Burns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good special teams player. He's always yeah. jumping up and down on the, the sidelines when the <laughs> offense and defense was playing well. Then he'd go out there and make a, a special teams play. Is that the right guy I'm thinking of? Yep, nailed okay. it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, not, you're, you're not cutting Keith Steve. Burns. Is you're not losing Steve Tasker out there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, maybe, yeah, maybe like Vic Fangio is just like too old and grumpy. So you're right, like he's got this thing against Bosby and he's trying to be like a, a tough father figure and he's just out of touch and he needs to like cut some slack to the guy who shows up on game day and plays well. Maybe he doesn't practice the way you like, or, you know, something else bothers you. But if the guy shows up every week and isn't a problem other than that, I don't know what good excuse you could have from weakening arguably the, the most important positional group on defense. Uh, but at this point, like, who cares? We're, we're just hoping for young players like Jerry Judy to get better, for uh, KJ Hamler to start, you know, getting more looks, the tight ends to come along. Because, like, all of those guys are still exciting. But without, like, consistent quarterback play, you can have all the weapons in the world. It's not going to matter. But 
we're kind of on just like, let's watch the young guys develop for the rest of the season. And at least we're not the Cowboys or the Jets at this point. Seriously. And man, the, the receivers is who you really want to see step up these next couple of weeks. The young receivers, Jerry Judy, man, I'm so, I was so impressed with him in college like everyone was. But in training camp too, he was lighting it up. And then he started the season hot of outside of the drops, which is a big issue. And then he hasn't done much this week. And KJ Hamler, man, I mean, you already have people calling him a bust because he just hasn't been been used. But you got to give him the ball. See if that speed translates, which I think it will. But I feel like we barely said KJ Hamler's name this year. Yeah, and I mean the bust talk. If you ever hear someone get called a bust uh, within the first eight games of their career, you can you can uh, officially tune that person out. Yep. Uh, because that's exactly what happened to to Noah Fant last year, and now I think he's yeah. one of the better players on the team. But it feels like too that Judy gets open. He just doesn't get the ball. And you saw it on that second interception against the Patriots. Judy was running wide open underneath. Uh, and then they, they had some cut-ups where he was beating uh, Stephon Gilmore and, like, all these Patriots corners. But, again, it just feels like sort of a scheme thing or Locke is locking on to his tight ends or just the primary receiver. And Judy is, is there and he's open and the passes just aren't coming his way. Yeah, yeah, and last week uh, it, it was – I think Noah Fant was in that exact situation. He was open so many times underneath. And I had a buddy text me something really interesting yesterday that I want to get your guys' thoughts on. It came in two text messages. I was just blown away by the first one. thought, this is absurd. The first one said, the Broncos should make Alberto inactive this coming week. And I thought, what the heck? I mean, it's Drew's favorite target. Why would you do that? And his explanation was – Drew's too comfortable with him. He's just going to continue to look his way. And then you're not seeing guys like Jerry Judy get the ball, guys like Noah Fant get the ball. And I thought, wow, that is a great point. And if the rest of the season really is about seeing how good Drew is, do you kind of want to rip that baby blanket away from him and say, let's see if you can go do it uh, you know, without your favorite weapon out there? Now, of course, you also want to develop Albert O, but in the grand scheme of things, the development of Drew Locke's way more important. That's an interesting observation. I think you need to give Drew Locke like six baby blankets every single play. <laughs> like his, they need to make everything simple for him. If like Pat Shermer can't do that, can't simplify his game plan for Drew Locke, uh, then I think you, you have a problem. Because right. I don't know if he's going to develop if he's being asked to do things he's not you know, really comfortable with. And when you were talking about, like, Shermer, you know, dialing up uh, being aggressive against the Patriots late in the game, you can do that when you have a quarterback who is a veteran or who has played long enough when they know when the shots are there and when they're not. And when you, you've got that young guy, like, call the play that's going to be the, the simple underneath route where – or, you know, you're running that same play. You're like, your target on this play is Noah Fant eight yards down the field, look to him first. If it's not there, throw it away or run. Like that's what I want to see them do. And obviously we can't really tell if they've done that because we don't know what plays they're calling or what the, the reads are, but that's, I just want to see them slow the game down a little bit for him. And that's yeah, that, that idea about deactivating him is, is really interesting because I was thinking about that too. Cause you go back and look at Baker Mayfield on Sunday and 
obviously, you know, you don't want to see Odell Beckham out with any kind of injury, but he leaves that game when uh, Baker's 0 for 5 in an interception, and then Baker comes back and hits, like, 22 straight passes and five touchdowns. And you go back, and I was thinking, like, going back to his rookie season, he played that whole year without Odell. And if you, I'm sure if you, you looked at his numbers with and without Odell, Odell, there's, like, this massive disparity. So maybe it comes down to, A, with a guy like Odell Beckham, you kind of have to always have that in your back of your mind, like, I have to get this guy X amount of targets a game or else, you know, I'm going to hear about it. And I don't think that's the problem with Albert O, but I, I think – you're right. If you take away the guy that you always lock on to, it forces you to kind of grow up a little bit and to get through those reads. And ultimately in the long run, it's probably better for the offense. Yeah. And, and Brandon, I, it probably does. You probably hit it right on the head of how this should be worked out is it should be on Pat Shermer to say, well, we're not going to inactivate uh, and not have Alberto active because you know, you like him so much instead it's designing plays where, you know, Alberto is the third and fourth option so that if he gets to Alberto, he's actually reading his progressions right. and getting to that third and fourth option. So, yeah, I mean, Dangle that's just that another carry. thing that's on, that's on Pat Shermer's shoulders this week. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like he's, you know, doing what we see like Sean McVay do for his average quarterback or the way Kyle Shanahan's going to get 100 yards out of any running back and, you know, work with Jimmy Garoppolo and what he does well. Um, but Zach, I know you got to go. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, one minute short. I said I was going to keep you one minute late, but I'm a liar. Uh, so appreciate it. Always appreciate joining you guys. And man, anytime. Thanks for having me on guys. Yeah. See thanks, Zach. Appreciate See you, fellas. it. Okay. Now that he's gone, like we do with all our guests, we will talk shit about them and say everything we didn't like about <laughs> what they said how they acted, how we're offended by them. <laughs> you should have heard them before we started recording. Oh, my God. F oh, yeah, I should have said follow. You can follow Zach on Twitter. Zach, I think it's just at Zach Stevens DNVR. Ooh, we got Brandon Marshall giving us a laughy emoji on my tweet about him trolling the Raiders. <laughs> yes yes b marsh yeah. yeah shelby harris last week you got brandon marshall this week who's next next week it's tom brady you got uh barry mcconner as well on sunday oh did i yeah he responded to some kind of tom brady tweet i think uh, I, and then i responded uh come on the pod to him <laughs> And I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Barry's a mystery. Uh, he's a strange guy. I know he's been on Adam's podcast. He has. I, I know he uses that. His avatar is usually the, the picture of the dude who um, <laughs> yes, the, is in that. I forget what, what commercial it is. Yeah. It's like the get help kind of like uh, for-profit rehab. Yeah. My lips all fucked up. It's just that dry Colorado air. Um, but anyway, I didn't really have a plan after Zach left. Should uh, we just talk more about Drew Locke? Yeah. That's probably going to get us the most views, right? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll save that for our prediction. Uh, did you see the, the Tom Brady Instagram thing getting – Yeah, yeah. That's um, why I think, like, I was thinking – to like who's the most likely to pull a Justin Turner if that happened? 
It's absolutely Brady. Yeah. Because he time... has the power to, like, be like, no. No, I'm not staying here. No. Did, did you see Justin Turner? Is he, he was, was he kissing his girlfriend his wife. or wife? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, that's probably not a good luck. Good luck. Uh... No, I think, you know, at a certain point. You're like, she's going to get it anyway. Going yeah, home. We're going to make love. We're going to make World Series winning love. Which, like, I get the frustration on his part that he must have been feeling. I'm not yeah. saying you can go out there and do that, but that, because that genuinely sucks. Yeah. It's, that it's worked really so shitty. hard for years and to come so close to a World Series. And then the eighth inning of the game that is going to clinch it. They're like, no, you just tested positive for, for COVID. Get back in the locker room right now. And he's like, really? Right now? This is when it happened? Like, I've been in the game. Like, I, I've been in the dugout with all the guys. They had a barbecue the night before. Like, that sucks. And I hate the Dodgers. And I can still admit, that sucks. But you still <laughs> – I can't, like, imagine. Like, oh, I'm still going out there. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be weird. I'm sure it's too, like if you win the World Series, you're probably probably not scared of anything at that point. Yeah, I mean it's a fake season anyway, so who cares? It's a fake virus, Will. <laughs> oh, we know that. I mean, uh, I was prepared to say that if the Rays won, it's one of the most impressive um, feats in modern baseball history. But now the Dodgers won a season yep. didn't mean anything. It was a sixty game season. I meant 60. to. Made the playoffs. I meant to bring this up when uh, Zach was in here. Oh yeah, is that Elway? That's a John Elway autograph. That nice. we immediately smudged after he signed it. Oh really? I think I have an Elway autograph in here too. We got that one in person, and we weren't to, we weren't supposed to. Oh, did you oh. watch him sign it? Yeah, we were. I helped Vic Lombardi shoot this like a charity event, and afterwards Elway was hanging around and my wife and I at that point had a couple uh whiskey drinks in us and we weren't supposed to go over and talk to him but uh we did got the autograph and immediately wiped our drunk sweaty hand on the not dry ink the you weren't supposed to talk to him they like no it was like anyway like that that whole portion was over it was forbidden, but we did it anyway. And he and he let you. He let yeah. you within um, spitting distance. When you have like a your wife with you, yeah, and she it's like she's all dressed up. It's this charity event. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Right, and now that like you have a baby too, people are going <clears> to <throat> oh. baby. That's, Sign my baby's head. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. I have um, a football team. <clears throat> football that's been autographed. But you can't really see it um, because it's faded so much too. But the entire uh, 2006 Denver Broncos roster. Oh, shit. The legendary 9-7 and squad led by uh, our friend Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer, the year he got benched for Cutler, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have him on again to um, authenticate his signature. Yeah, Jake Plummer, come back on and tell us 10 things you don't like about Jake Cutler. The only thing, like the only uh, one that I recognize on here, because they're all just like squiggles, is you can see the Jake Cut 6. <laughs> That's how he signed it. 
Jay Cut. Jay Cut six, and then there's a uh, there's an Ebenezer Ecubon ninety one. Oh fudge, Ebenezer. Uh, Such Javon, a cool name. Yeah, Javon Walker. Oh yeah. Tom Nalen, I can I can see. Damn. And Palin Nalen. Darren Williams, number twenty seven. Yeah, that was the that was the he died yeah. at, at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Rod Smith signed inside the Bronco. Smart. Yep. I've been to Rod Smith's house, hung out with Rod, played Blitz with Rod Smith. The video game? Mm-hmm. Did he have it? Or yeah, he had, like, the arcade version. And, uh, oh, that's sick. I was shooting videos. I was shooting video there for Reggie Rivers, and yeah. my wife was there, too, that time. We were just hanging out. It was the Broncos versus – Jaguars when Paxton Lynch I believe was playing Uh and afterwards like I was making sure like I had to get one last shot and then I was killing some time and so I just started playing Blitz and then he jumped on and uh, we I think we played together I've got video of it I I should go find that because I never posted it so really (laughs) yeah I should post me and Rod Smith playing playing Blitz that Uh, did you he was, uh, was cool. He was so he was like he was really cool. So yeah, he seems like one of the out of like that era was like the the heyday of the the diva wide receiver, so to speak. And he was just like the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, he was like the Chris Harris. Like he was undrafted. Yeah, came up as like the surprise and was just midwestern. Awesome. Yeah, he was just like great every week. Uh huh. Um, but. Anyway, we we're not we're just bullshitting at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not Joe Rogan. Bullshitting the whole time. I wish I could talk to guys for like three hours and people are like, yeah, actually, could this be longer? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there eventually. I don't think yeah. we have the stamina for it. Is the problem? Well, you need to be able to like drink and smoke and just like hang out for three hours like they do every podcast. And we need a, a cool tube to be doing it in, like a cool set. That'll be the next move. Once it's allowed, move. we will build. We will build our own podcast studio. Yep. Next week we should have comedian Brant Tobler joining us on Wednesday, so that should be fun. Yep. That's expect a uh, the very first joke in this podcast by him. <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. <laughs> the first actual executed joke from start to finish. Brant nailed. Uh, all right. Well, that's all I have for you, Will. You anything you want to say? Yeah. Uh, just one last thing. Good night and good luck. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the season, the football season, is in full swing. A lot like golf, but fun to watch. And the action is still unfolding, so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now, because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. 
thousand dollars. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain, like clouds. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick either Penn State or Ohio State, bet $1 on them, and cash $100 if they win. That's $1 to $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> 